I have a, a couple questions for you guys. You want to answer some questions? Sure. sure. Um, what do you think I do for a living? Uh, this. <laughs> 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 the Asian Avengers. So weak. The Asian <laughs> Avengers. So weak. So, so fuckable, bro. You know? Whoa. Whoa. There's five Asian guys together. Got wow. Together. <laughs> Did you ever um, go through a stealing phase? Do I think everyone should have a gun? Maybe. You can look me up. I don't care. I'll fight you. I don't care. You want to get high as fuck? You, you like opium? Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Asian Not Asian Podcast, the podcast where two Asian guys not from Asia talk about American issues no American gives a fuck about. Woo-woo. I'm your host, Fumi Abe. I'm Mike Nguyen. And welcome. This is the 43rd episode. Yeah. Yeah. And today we're coming at you live from the Listening Party Studios inside the Canal Street Market as part of the Family FM and Canal Street Radio Network. So wow. shout out to those guys. Thanks for always having us. Yep. Um, we're back in the studio. It feels good. We're back in the studio. We're making moves. We're making moves, We got a man. lot of moves we're going to make. Listeners, I want you to know that Mike and I had a business meeting before we got here. Mm. And the check-in. Uh, yeah, the check-in. We got a lot of uh, unofficial sponsorship things happening. We got, uh, so you watch out for that. We've got some events coming up yep, uh, yep, for the yep. holiday and actually and, and into 2019. So, you know, we've got all sorts of stuff happening. I know. It's weird to think of this as a business, you know? Because we don't make any money. We don't make <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's not true. Oh, that's true. That's, that's not true. You're right. We're just starting to make money. A little bit of money. Not make money, but yeah. like we have income, probably about as much officially as like I'm Amazon makes. Amazon? Yeah, they take all their money and reinvest it into their business. Is that what they do? Yeah, that's how they got all huge and stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah, we make more money than Amazon. Oh, okay. Well, Jeff Bezos, take that, bitch. Oh, man, I hope he buys us out. <laughs> um, well, speaking of money, man, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's yeah. get into uh, the game that we like to play on Patreon where we thank our supporters, our new supporters for the week. Um, how many did we get? Well, you know, we recorded the other day, so we don't have that. We just have we have one person. Oh, okay. And uh, so this will be a very special shout out. Her name is Michelle Kim. Michelle Kim. And she gave us four dollars and sixteen cents. Four dollars and sixteen cents. Yeah. What could that be? Huh. I feel that maybe it was in another currency and it was translated into dollars. Mm. You what's, know? what's stronger than the USD? Like the Swedish. <laughs> the Swedish yes, dollar. Yes. It was in Kronar. Kronar. Yeah. And then it was like it's. It was actually like. Like three kronar, yep, and it was four dollars sixty. Well, Kim so. is uh, Kim is Korean. Korean, yeah. Oh my god, can you imagine a Korean Swedish person? Do they exist? Didn't uh, you go to Sweden recently? That'd be too powerful. <laughs> too powerful of a combination. Too sexy. The spirit of the Han and the Vikings. <laughs> too much. Too much. Ah, ah, these meatballs are amazing. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, thank you. Just one person today. So I mean, okay. But uh, listeners, if you don't know what we're doing right now, we have a Patreon page where you can support our work, support our projects, support our podcast, and uh, you can you can give us your monies, and then we'll give you a little shout out. We've got a lot of exclusive content and like fun projects coming up in the future. So be sure to check that out at Patreon.com/slash/AsianNotAsianPod. Uh, should we just get right into it? bro let's do it this is a special week man Why because because we haven't done a guest in a while <laughs> done a guest <laughs> <laughs> and uh this guest is very doable this guy he's he's everywhere man he's an og he's an og asian comedian he's been featured on funny or die he's actually featured us on so many uh, of his videos yes we, we did yes a, yes yes which have been featured on college humor and funny to die and stuff like that so please welcome to the show very funny woody foo yeah. i was yeah, sitting yeah, there yeah. silently listening to my uh, introduction feeling very self-conscious the whole time <laughs> <laughs> that's how we like to uh, start this it's, podcast it's fun it's almost like uh, you're at your own wake yeah you know <laughs> yeah and you're like this is what i've accomplished this, what this i've done this with my life <laughs> 
I'm out. This is what you remember me for? Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. thank you for uh, coming on to the show. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. And you actually listen to the show, right? I do listen to the show. I listen to the show at the gym all the time. That's, That's amazing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not the only person who listens to this at the gym. We get that a lot. Mm-hmm. Pe- people say that they are listening to us when they're like lifting weights and sometimes they drop their weights because we're so funny. Ooh. Yeah, it's true. Every once in a while, something will really make me laugh and I'll have to like stop my reps for a second Ooh. and then go back to it. I, um, one of my goals is uh, to kill someone while with listening to, with the comedy. <laughs> I literally made them laugh to death because the bar fell on their neck. Um, but oh, that's shit. awesome. Uh, welcome. And, uh, you know, you've got, you do all sorts of stuff. You, you're writer, co- comedian, actor, producer, character, all sorts of things. I don't do stand up. You don't do stand up. Do that's stand-up. okay. Which is good because you would probably kill it. And I, I tried. I did one open mic and it was a disaster. That's all you need to that's do. <laughs> that's a, uh, you don't really need to do open mics. Um, you know how I want to start this? I want to start with how we met, Woody, because uh, ah, because I have, a, I have a little story for you. Sure, yeah. And uh, you are not going to remember this. But we actually met in 2008. Do you remember this? Was I working at MTV at the time? Yes. I don't remember, but that sounds like okay. It makes this sense. is what happened, and I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you exactly how it happened. I'm very bitter about it, but this is how our friendship <laughs> did I, wait, started. Did okay? I specifically like shut you down in some way? This is my story. goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, oh this is a gotcha. I'm already so sorry. <laughs> this is to catch a Dude. predator comedy version. <laughs> Go oh and have God. a have a seat over here. Listen, with why is my family here? Listen. <laughs> Listen, the year was 2008, right? I was, I was 18 years old, fresh version, cherry boy, uh, <laughs> freshman at N- NYU. Hyman intact. Okay, studying music. I was very excited. <laughs> I was walking through Washington Square, Square Park, okay? <laughs> who, who approaches me but this young man? Uh, he, you had a ponytail back then. You remember that? No, I know there's no way I had a ponytail. I definitely had longer hair. You had longer hair. Yeah, I, I wish I had a ponytail. I like that in your recollection, he's more of a douchebag. I know. <laughs> Get a man bun. <laughs> He was driving a Corvette yeah. into the park. <laughs> into the park. <laughs> so you come up to me. You had, like had like a crew of two or three. And he had told me that you were doing a segment for BOA. You remember BOA? Oh, yeah. BOA. Of BOA course. is, if you don't know. Not like Bank a, of America. No. Is <laughs> <laughs> an OG K-pop star. Mm-hmm. And uh, BOA, I'm Japanese. And like BOA had a, a, a very like successful career in Japan as well. So mm-hmm. I knew about BOA. I was all about her music. And it was a big deal at the time because she was making her move into the U.S., mm-hmm, okay? Yeah. And this is before, like, the whole K-pop craze. So she was, like, the first one to do it. Unfortunately, it didn't go very well. She wasn't very successful. I don't know where she's at now. But we're, I think a lot of Asians were trying to kind of create heat for her. Uh, and Woody was one of those people trying mm-hmm. to get get that conversation happening oh on God. MTV, right? Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. this uh, what do you remember were you doing? This? I what don't remember what, what exactly what happened with us, but I remember this doing period that. of doing this. Yes. Yeah. You were, what, what were you doing exactly? Uh, I, well, I worked... There was a... There was a MTV brand called MTV World that was around for like a few years mm. and they had three verticals they had MTV Chi for Chinese Americans MTV K for Korean Americans and mm. MTV Daisy uh, for brown Americans huh. and uh, we were on like direct TV channel like a million and ten like nobody <laughs> saw us uh, and we were like creating shows and like one of our big things was like K-pop is going to be the wave of the future mm. so they brought Rain. Do you guys remember yes, Rain? Yes, I remember Rain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they brought Rain to like the TRL studios in Times Square yes. at MTV to like do the special concert and we like filled it with like K pop fans and then we're like, that was, that kind of worked. We should do that again all the time. So we did it again with like Boa. We did it again with like Seven. We did it with Seven. the Wonder Girls. Yeah. Wonder Girls. Yeah. All the K pop guys at that time we brought in. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I definitely 
know that at one point I must okay. have been like. So then, right? So then you, <laughs> you come to the park, right? And you you spot me because I think you were trying to interview like Asian people who would know Boa. A hundred percent. To say something to Boa, like a message to her, welcoming her to the U.S. or something like that. So you so you had spotted me. We chatted, <laughs> and you said, "Hey, can you say something to Boa?" And you actually said you can say it in Japanese if you want because she was popular in Japan. But I was like, "Nah, fuck that. My Japanese is." shit so <laughs> I did it in English did my thing and then after you said we're doing an event for it you can come if you want um, this is my email address and I was like sweet met this guy named Woody uh, this is like my first week in New York I'm so excited you're killing it already I'm, I'm you're like, on MTV I'm on TV I'm up, killing up, 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 up. it right then I email you okay and nothing fucking happened all right? <laughs> you never wrote back you ghosted me now in you know I didn't follow up with you because I was a shy little 18 year old boy but I was hurt man I was hurt oh, and then oh I met you like 10 years later and you're like, hey, would you like to do my sketch? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be on that sketch. Oh, I'll be on I'll it. I'll be there. I'll be there. And I'm going to ruin it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. I'm so sorry about that. No, it's uh, it's totally fine. Uh, I am certain also is because, like, we had a team of, like, five people and everyone was doing, like, a million things. And so that's no excuse for the way I treated you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, I apologize to 18-year-old Fumi. Oh, my gosh. Well, he, he accepts your apology. But I want to talk about this. Isn't that interesting how... how the media kind of tried to do the whole Asian wave thing in 2008. Yeah. And it didn't really work. No. Right? It didn't work. Why, do you, why did you think it worked with Woody? I don't, I, you know, honestly, even right now with the BTS thing, yeah. I still don't really think it's going to work long term. Mm. I'm like, oh, this is like a another, little flash. Another flash. Because they, it's a bigger flash. It's a way bigger flash. And like they got like a big song on iTunes or something. Yeah. But like even, the, even this, I'm like, this is like too, this is temporary. It's because mm. they like motivated all like the K-pop stars in like this one moment to like, ah. Yeah, make something happen. But like you can't maintain that, I don't think. Yeah. You think they're not going to be innovative enough to keep changing to maintain the attention? I think it's fundamentally too other for an American ah, mainstream audience. The language is too different. Yeah. Everything, you know, the, the approach to it or whatever. And I think K-pop has the best chance of breaking through out of like Chinese pop or Japanese pop. I agree with that. It's like the, it's like the slickest looking yes. version mm-hmm. yes. of what Americans already understand. But I also think like your average American is not going to be like, oh, check out these like five Korean dudes who are very feminine with like the same haircut. Yeah. Like, like perfect cool. dance moves. Yeah. Perfect yep. dance moves are like <clears throat> robots. Cool. I'll check this out and enjoy this. Yeah. You know, do you think that's the goal though? Because I feel like you're describing like the middle American family, which mm. the middle American family is never going to watch my comedy, no matter how famous I get, you know, that's and, true. and <laughs> they so, never will. They you never know, will. They never will. <laughs> um, as much as I, you know, I grew up in Ohio. I love those guys, but they're not going to buy my album. But do you think like, is, do you think K-pop wants that? I think K-pop wants to break through in the U.S. They want an American... In the same way that like Ariana Grande has broken through. Like Everybody fucks with Ariana Grande. They want to be like that. Yeah. I, I think I, everybody yeah. wants to be an American star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like that's really how you made it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in any other country, the standard of pop culture is American pop culture. You know who I think could make it? And he's not K-pop, but he's Korean. Uh, you know Keith Ape? Mm-mm. Oh, the rapper. Keith, yeah, he's rapper. a rapper. He has, yeah, yeah, he has like yeah, yeah. one song. The reason why I think he can make it is because he has... I feel like Americans... They want the virgin and the whore at the same time. Okay, okay. Which is why I think like... What they, does that mean? Because I think what, what people want is like they want... We're all Brit- pointing at Mike right now. We're all pointing at Mike right now. And I'm pointing <laughs> back at you. And people think we're doing a K-pop dance now. <laughs> but I, it, it's almost like, you know, Britney Spears, when she came out, she was the virgin. And mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. she had a fucking implosion. And people, that kind of like cemented her at, in like infamy in a way. You, I think Americans want... Like the the shiny, beautiful, virgin, amazing star, but like, like with w- reality and everything like that, they want to see 
darkness too mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying they mm-hmm. want to have like that that thing and i think with uh, k-pop is that all those people are so slick and manufactured there is no darkness they, yeah. one of them needs to drop a sex tape mm-hmm. and <laughs> i swear to fucking god but they can't because they're they so can't. their management is so the management right, 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 is so right. strong they, they right? train you not to have any darkness right, right. They, when they when you get asked questions about like what kind of girls you're into we talked about this before yeah. they'll describe like the most generic girl mm-hmm. because they don't want to isolate anybody no mm-hmm. right. it's like it's too like commercial Anyways, speaking about people who had many implosions, let's get back to you, Woody. Yes, <laughs> so many implosions. I just, I just contained a fart literally like uh, five minutes ago. <laughs> well, like let's uh, let's start. You know, as Fumi said, you're you've been doing comedy and doing this hustle for a while. How did you get started, and how did you come around? I started doing improv. Okay, I'm an improv kid. When did you okay. start? No. Two thousand eight. Well, okay. Technically, I took a class in like super early 2000s. I took a UCB class and then I did a show and it sucked. And then this guy, this guy who hosted the show was like, that show sucked. (laughs) (laughs) And it made me like so self-conscious. I was the 18 year old you were describing earlier. Oh, my God. It made me I took it to heart so much that I stopped doing comedy for like years. And then, I wonder who that guy was. I bet you it was uh, somebody famous now. <laughs> I mean, no, the no. only the only cold comfort I have is that he's not famous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then years later, my friend uh, Cynthia, who's also she's Chinese and she's in LA. She's like a writer, uh, producer, and she um, she was taking an improv class at the Magnet, and I like went to go see the show, and I was like, oh, I forgot. Improv is great. I used to go see ASCAT all the time and mm, cool. at UCB, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Like I forgot that this was a thing. And then I started taking classes again. So this was like maybe 2008-ish. Damn. When you were coming up, how many other Asian comedians were there? Like three. Total. Like within, within, I mean, I didn't know the stand-up world, but within the improv right, world, improv it was world. like Risa, um, me, maybe, but I was not barely there. And like, like, yeah, it was very few. And this is totally before the whole like people of color movement kind of thing, right? So Yeah. Oh, big time. It was like Jesse Lee did stuff at UCB at the time. There's like a literally a tiny yeah. handful. Mm. How was that? It was fine. Honestly, like I was so deep in my like self-loathing Asian like 20s that awesome. like I did had I I did not identify myself as Asian in any way. You know what mm. I mean? So I was totally cool with it because I was completely uncritical about myself. Got it. Mm. Looking back, do you feel there was any I don't know, weirdness from it. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you go back and talk to uh, self-loathing uh, 20s Woody, is there anything you might have told him about like, hey, you know, maybe think about this? I It's hard to say because I don't even think I would have registered microaggressions at that time. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I feel, I feel like much more now everyone and me included are aware of like the language of microaggressions and how to address them and, and realizing them when they're happening in the moment. At the time, I would just like someone would say something to me or like do something and I like wouldn't even, it would be so even, normalized right. that I wouldn't even understand that it happened. You know what I mean? Yes. And then like an hour later, I'm like yelling at an egg. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> why? Like, I'm just like, it just comes out in weird ways. But yeah, it's, I don't think so. I like, it's really hard to say because now I'm very acutely aware of it. Yeah. Whereas, so how did you, because now a lot of your work is, uh, you know, it's centered around like Asian identity and, you know, how upset you are about representation, all that stuff. But mm-hmm. you had just said that for in your 20s, you didn't, that didn't really register with you. Like, you didn't really identify as an Asian person. So yeah. I, in your comedy career, what made you, so switch from I just want to fit in and be like a funny Jewish boy to like I'm fucking Asian and these are my fucking Asian jokes. I know. I think it was like a process because one thing that happened to me uh, three years ago is I went to 
uh, a theater called Boom Chicago, which is in Amsterdam. It's comedy theater. They do like Second City style shows. So it's like sketch and short form for like an hour for like an international um, English speaking audience in Amsterdam. Mm. And it was cool. I lived there for a year and did shows there. But Amsterdam is super white. It's like one of the whitest cities. That's where they come from. It, it's like the birthplace of white. It's um, it's a beautiful city. It's oh, like yeah. one of the most beautiful cities in the world, but it's extremely white. It's like a super duper white monoculture. And that was like the, one of the first times, because, you know, I'm like in New York, very liberal. Everyone's yeah. multi-culty, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like all like the racism here is like casual or fun. It's like we, we all we all went to Sarah Lawrence. We know this racism is fun. Yeah, and then I love that's my favorite kind of racism. Yeah, like well educated, like really, yeah. over over informed racism. But then, then yeah. we and then I went to Amsterdam and I'm like, oh, this is how the world sees me. Like unconsciously or not, like everyone looks at me like that's a Chinese guy before oh. they see me as anything else. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of like that was like one of the first things. Like, oh yeah, I forgot like in my bubble of New York that like fundamentally. To most people, unless you're like a super woke millennial kid, like I am, I read as what I physically am first. Interesting. Oh, wow. Did something happen there? Like, did things happen there? Not, again, it was like, it's all like microaggression stuff. So it's not even yeah. hard for me to like place things. But it was just like over the course of time there, I was like, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to like, I'm performing all the time. I should like try to like hit on girls after shows. And then like, <laughs> <laughs> after, oh, you know, the perfect way to hit on girls. And then like, after like <laughs> months of that not working, I was like, Oh, maybe, maybe like I am not, I'm such an outlier here that like I'm not even seen as like sexually viable. Hmm. And then I started thinking about that and then I was like, oh man, maybe this is like a thing where like in just Asian men in general, oh, ding, ding, ding. Oh my God. Asian men oh, are desexualized shit. in yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit. You, you, woke to go up. To, you had to go to Europe to find that out. I did. That's, that's so un, deeply unwoke and uncritical of my own but life. But you know what? That's, this is fascinating because Mike is like, we always talk about you as the West Coast Asian. Yes. West Coast Asians because they're like multi-generational. Very aware. They're very aware, but yeah. they're yeah. very comfortable being Super Asian. Super chill. East Coast, kind of same thing in that there's a lot of different races here so it, you don't feel that weird being Chinese like mm -hmm. there's a Chinatown like people fuck with bubble tea like whatever mm -hmm. but like I'm from the Midwest you know so like day one yeah. they're like what the fuck is wrong with your name like yeah. day one I was already different everything you know? yeah, about yeah, yeah. you is unusual yes. for us so yeah. I didn't there was not a day where I didn't wake up thinking I was different you know mm -hmm. it didn't I didn't have to go to Amsterdam to figure that out but that's that's fascinating but do you think that that not you not being aware of that was a source of confidence for you because you said you were hitting on girls i couldn't do that because i was so i was so insecure about me being asian it was a wildly misguided confidence that yeah. was also like, <laughs> rooted in nothing there was nothing to justify it and like that because it was like built on sand it like immediately like <laughs> just like dissolved you know immediately but you you found your little rhythm here i did i went to therapy that's what happened oh i went wow. to therapy and then i came out of it and i was like oh okay i now i think i ready to be in a relationship now Damn. oh wow that's nice and you had to, had to go to europe and get a therapist <laughs> yeah you meet, now you can get laid i would love to ask you this because mike and i don't do this because we're you know we're taken uh but liam uh, neeson taken <laughs> <laughs> both ways we've been kidnapped and have girlfriends um do you hit on girls after shows i've always wanted to understand the art of that. oh okay okay let's let's, let's oh talk about God. this yes 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 yeah because there's so many friends who do that and they're so successful and i'm like not oh. a single girl has ever said Anything to me after shows. Me, it's, it, yeah, yeah, I think it's so hard to do. Yeah. I, uh, I've never successfully done it, honestly. Um, I used to be a DJ, and I've I've even had like even had no success after that. Really? Like, people oh, were always wow. like, "Oh, that guy's women a DJ. He's DJs. cool." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the number of women who see a DJ, I'm like, mm, 
I'm gonna like make out with the DJ at, like at 4 a.m. when he's done working. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. When yeah. he's packing his gear. When he's like getting paid out and it's like 4:30. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like I'm really tired. Like, like no one is actually like that. In in reality, that barely yeah. plays out. Um, it, it's gonna be weird for you too because in stand up, we'll do like a showcase. There'll be like eight comedians. So it's like, who was your favorite? But for yeah. you, like, you'll straight up to like a one man show. So if they're not talking to you after a one man show, <laughs> yeah, they don't you, like anything. Gotta, <laughs> that's gonna be so personal. They're like, I've seen it all. I've seen the whole package like, oh, and none of it speaks yeah, to me. I don't want any of this. <laughs> I've been on a full arc with you yeah. and I don't want any of it. And then meanwhile, like the usher gets late or something like yeah. that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Have you had anybody talk to you after shows? Uh, so I, I always t- I always talk to Gina about this. My wife, it, uh, she she's always like, you know, like what are you doing out, like carousing at late at night? Because like <laughs> if you think if you like sometimes movies and, and in general like people think like stand up is you're out late, you're meeting all sorts of people, you're drinking and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, I hang out with dorks mm-hmm. all night long, <laughs> and then um, all I'm thinking about is like I want to go home right now. And, <laughs> and that's what sta- that's what comedy is. Like you're working. You're, this isn't like fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean it's fun, but like. And then I do sometimes we'll see like other comic comics will like, oh, you know, I, you know, they, they got laid or whatever. I'll hear that from other like, professionals. I'm yeah. like, is that is that going to happen? That never no one has ever talked to me about like anything like that. Like sometimes someone mm. will be like, oh, you had a good set. No one's ever slid into my DMs except to ask me about career advice. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe <laughs> I give out. I give out a sexy, wow, sexy advice. Wow, he's very sensitive, and it looks like he's been around for a long time. And has a, he looks, it sounds like he's had a lot of failure. I should probably talk to him about whether or not I should start an Etsy store. That's the, the shit I get oh, from girls. Oh shit! He's like he's like my low status older brother. I can, yeah. I can definitely ask him something. Oh my god! You know, I just feel so comfortable with him and put him right in the friend zone. So, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's what. How about you? Me? Um. I have I've I've had some girls slide in, but it's all innocent. It's like, hey, just thought like what you're talking about is really relevant, and I really love seeing other Asian performers. Like, hope to see you again. I Above just like your comedy, not you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's <laughs> been just isolated. I did have one show uh, where these two girls were like super into it. They were super into it, and then uh, me and like, a couple other comedians like we went out dancing, and that was that was really fun. That's oh. the that's the closest. We didn't do anything crazy. Maria, if you're listening, we didn't do anything. <laughs> but, uh, but that was the closest I ever got to like, if I wanted to, maybe, maybe, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's it. But, you know, I've been doing comedy for five years, so that's a very awful rate. Right? Yeah. I mean, I've done thousands of shows and yeah. just, just one time, Yeah, you know? Yeah, Come that's on. pretty bad. That's pretty that's bad. That's what I likened to when I was DJing. I was like, there's this fallacy of like the DJ's like a rock star. Oh, yeah. Not at all, because yeah. I was like, if you look at the numbers, it's like, let's say I DJed like a thousand times. Yeah. The amount of times I've gotten like, like a makeout or something or like met a girl or got a number is like five. Right. You know what I mean? Out of a thousand. <laughs> out of a thousand. Those numbers are terrible. Oh, yeah. man. I, I love this convo because this is very like straight Asian male conversation. Hey, you, hey you're not getting laid either? <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you also not getting? Yeah, I'm not getting pussy. Are you what are your top three cope, coping mechanisms for not getting laid? Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. share you with what's your, mine. What's your rate? One in 10,000? Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, Fumi, I want to. Talk, I mean, not Fumi. Woody, I want to talk Fumi about uh, Fumi. Yeah, what? Uh, uh, I was I was checking out your website. You got some hilarious characters. I like. Um, what is it? What is it called? American video game something. Oh, thanks, Matt. Yeah, I do this character bit, which is basically Hagar from yes. uh, Final Fight. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, uh, but one of the reasons I love it is because it's this thing of like video games from like the late '80s, early '90s, which is like. Uh, Japanese video game designers create their version of what they think America, America is. is. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. So it's like there's like this famous 
uh, like baseball game where like all the names of the baseball players are like these insane <laughs> like American names. Yeah, like but like ja- what a Japanese person would think an American name is. <laughs> I wish I had an example. But just like Google image it, you'll find it immediately. But like, yeah. So it's like all the jokes are like, mm, yes, I'm like a Japanese man who's like never been to America. <laughs> but like, I'm sure there's just like it's the '80s, so I'm sure everyone is like sticking needles in their arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like everything's ev- super yeah. rough. Like, everything's yeah. violent. All the cars are on fire. Like, yeah, yeah. That, it, I, I do have an example for a name. Because I had a video game like that, it's always like Ace Black Sword. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, I I used to love that game, and and I'll still play it. It's at um this bar called Barcade. You ever go to Barcade? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. So they have a whole bunch of '80s games, and uh, one of them is Final Fight. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to see because like the '80s in New York was kind of rough, but now if they made, I'm trying to imagine if they made a New York City fighting game. Yeah. In New York, but like. We're going to Williamsburg, right? Yeah. And it's like back in the day, yeah, yeah, you had to take the subway downtown. It's rough, you yeah. know. But yeah, now yeah, it's yeah. like you're fighting someone, like a white lady for like kombucha. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A white girl who's uh, looking at her phone. A white girl she's not looking at her phone. Yeah, she's like, right. she's away. She takes you down. You know what I'm saying? So her yeah. like, what? You're what? Like, what? 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 Passive aggressively <laughs> trying to pass someone who's like standing in the middle of the sidewalk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh no, French tourists. Ah. I will say that sometimes you know American people will. will will like make something what, what they think an Asian thing will be like a video game or movie or whatever and it's highly offensive but when a Japanese person thinks about it it is pretty cool it's they're all funny. fucking jacked mm-hmm. yeah, they have cool clothes jacked. on and yeah. their hair is amazing it's true they definitely yeah. like aspirationally elevate yes the people they're creating yes yes I think yes. that's why uh, when Japanese people go to actually go to America or go to Paris like there's a syndrome where when yes. Japanese people go to Paris they get really depressed because in their mind it's supposed to be beautiful and mm. it is yeah. it's like amazing yeah but it's like not even close to like what they a think it's going to be like and b clean enough to the standards of a Japanese person yeah. <laughs> because you'll, you'll you know it'll be like the sign and it'll be amazing beautiful there's like the Eiffel Tower but then there'll also be like a guy taking a piss on the ground you yeah know? <laughs> and he's like this ruins it for me yeah. you know? like, this is not, yeah there's also like a Korean idealization of Paris with like uh-huh. Paris baguette and yes. everything yes like there isn't there like another one there's like Paris baguette is Korean and yes like oh cafe Bene. yeah cafe they're Bene. all like oh like well ooh la la ooh, welcome yeah, French to pastries to, yeah. Yes. yeah but it's like a, a Korean person's idealized version of what they think yes yes french stuff is a lot of times those bakeries are better i think yes they'll make it a little bit better than like what they and they'll like add all these weird things that a french person would never do like stick a hot dog in there yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. what the fuck is it like a french person i'll never put a hot dog in here (laughs) (laughs) they are um, it's like the Korean platonic ideal of what a French croissant. Well, it definitely has a hot dog in it. Yeah. Um, uh, Fumi, I mean, uh, I keep calling Fumi. Woody, we, we were in a sketch yeah. that you did, uh, and and you wrote it, and it was it was awesome, and uh, you made a grave mistake of casting us in it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys and, were great in it. Well, so, uh, like, tell the lis- our listeners what the sketch was about. Uh, the sketch is called Asians in Hollywood, and uh, the premise is that there are only five types of Asians yes. uh, that are that you see on film and TV, uh, which is like delivery guy, mm-hmm. uh, best computer third nerd. friend, computer friend, nail salon technician, and yes. like 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 villainized other. And oh, yeah. uh, so the joke was that like you see uh, these five tropes in like uh, the '90s, like the mid 2000s, and now. And they're all basically saying the same thing, except they're like wardrobes. wardrobes the trappings mm. of the environment are different. Right. Um, I want to talk about this. You are working on something. I don't know if you're allowed to talk about this. If not, that's fine. You're working on something with SJ. Right. 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 Now, and, and you're writing. Um, I believe it's like an like an Asian thematic 
pro- it's an Asian thematic project. Right. right. We wrote a pilot, or we're writing a pilot. It's yeah. not finished yet, and uh, we tried. Well, we pitched it, but like we don't know what's going to happen with it. Right. So, how do you feel like being in 2018, almost 2019? Now you're in the spot where you're able to like kind of create roles for Asian people and stuff that aren't that kind of go beyond the five you described earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does it feel to kind of be in that position? And like, what other like what roles are you sort of um, implementing in these scripts? To mm. sort of like expand that definition of like what an Asian person could be on TV. It's really hard because there, I'm a, there's a couple things about this. One is that like I, SJ and I are different about this because she is very like coming from a mindset of abundance and I come from a mindset of scarcity. So I'm like this window of like Asians being able to make shit is closing every single day. And oh, we yes, got to like yes, oh, get totally, in totally, there. Totally, totally. We got to get in there and like get yours yeah. and like. Put, plant your flag down because people are going to move on to the next thing yeah. like yes. next year we, Asian people in movies is kind of like you know in Game of Thrones when winter comes mm. <laughs> <laughs> wait explain because it, oh I get it it's I like every it. 20 or See, 30 years oh, yeah. Fumi's like Fumi's like a child of summer he uh, yeah you're a t- you beautiful child he's of summer never known I mean, a winter let me born. tell you about the last winter you know that was when Margaret Cho you know she had a show uh, uh, Joy Luck Club was out. Yeah, everything's gonna be different. Yeah. And then, oh the god, the long winter. The long winter. The long Twenty-five oh, just years winter. People. Just uh, White Walkers everywhere. Yeah. It's rough. Oh and, shit. And you know, you guys think it's gonna be all warm and cuddly yeah. and shit like that. Well, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but yeah. So okay. So continue. Yeah. Sj and, and so you like, are writing. So stuff. I'm like, oh, we gotta get on this immediately. And she's like, no. It's like this is good. Like a win for one Asian. Like. Uh, like Greta Lee got this like HBO show and she's like that's good because that just puts us more in uh, like the, the minds of, pe- of people and I'm like yeah that's I should start thinking that way because it's a healthier way to think um, but oh so the other thing about like writing more roles there is that also thing of like you know anytime there's like a one POC in an all white writers room yes they feel like I am now the voice of all, all everybody yeah, ever of all yeah of all non-white people basically um, and that's like a huge pressure so like anytime it gets I feel like that, which I don't really feel like that very often. But if I ever do, I'm like, okay, well, what is, what is the thing that is true for me personally, as opposed to like, oh, what is this big statement thing I have to make about yes. like all ah. Asians? Because like, I'll think that sometimes I'm like, this is way too it's like like pretentious and like and and presumptive mm-hmm. to like write this huge thing. So I'm like, all right, well, emotionally, what is true for me on like the most singular level, mm-hmm. and I'll try to write. Mm. But you find, I mean, we there is a rule in stand-up, and I'm sure it's it's true for a lot of comedy, but, like, the more personal you get, often the more universal you end up totally. being, right? Totally. So, like, whatever, you know, horrible thing that happened to you once on this one day, you, you will write about that one thing and how that made you feel, and then you'll find that, oh, that happened to me too, and everybody will be able to relate to it, right? Yeah, totally. SJ mentioned this thing that I found, I thought was very interesting, and I don't really think about it, because I sometimes take Mike for granted because we always write together. But she was saying that because she, she she has worked with a lot of different writing partners and stuff. And she said when she writes with you, um, because you're Asian, mm-hmm. she said there's like a certain harmony that exists naturally that mm-hmm. makes it easier for her to work with you. Yeah, I think. I mean, Do you I, feel that? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I, I like writing with her also. It's like, um, but I think. I mean, you guys probably feel this too. This like what it is. It's like you're not code switching. Mm. You're not having to like like. Okay, so. Let's make this joke about bubble tea. Okay, hold on. Back up. First, yeah. let me explain to you what bubble tea is right. and what culturally mm. it means to me growing up to drink yes. it. It's like, ah. yeah, we got it. Bubble tea. Yeah, let's yeah, get to the jokes is. already. Yep, 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 um, yep. And I think that's what's... Uh, if you're like an Asian comedian writing stuff for like a non-Asian audience, it's, that's what's tough because you have to do twice 
the work setting up the premise. And then yes. sometimes it's, the joke is too long, or then you dumb it down too much. Right. And then the whole thing is about, like, what is bubble tea? Instead right. of this, like, thing that happened with bubble tea. Exactly. That You're like, okay, Asian Americans will get this bubble tea joke because you're already on board with bubble tea. Yeah. For everyone else, I have to explain that there's, like, tea that is like this, and it's yep. made like this, and people drink it. Okay, now we can get to the joke. Mm. Man, I want some bubble tea now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you finished this right here. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, have you... But you were you were a copywriter at work. Yeah. I mean, I guess it doesn't really apply to you as a copywriter. Well, I have at to work. say, and this is something. This is this gets into a bigger thematic thing. But I feel um, I don't know what it is. This is gonna be weird. We might have to cut this. <laughs> 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 I feel very very confident with other Asian guys, and with white dudes, I I have to. I feel like I have to. I'm uh. uh I don't want to, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like less of a man, but I feel like I have to, uh, I'm, I'm on my heels a little bit mm-hmm. with them because you always feel like you have to, like, you okay, can't so, fuck up. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's just like, okay. So like at my, at our show, we, you know, we have hack city and it's not even all Asian people. I would say it's not even majority Asian. No, people. I would maybe say like 20 max, 20% max. Yeah. 20, mm-hmm. 30% Asian people. But I feel in that room, I will crush it every single time because I'm on the frequency of Asian people. Mm-hmm. Like, I just know how to talk to Asian dudes. If an Asian dude walked in here and I would just know, boom, we let's talk about consulting, Rolexes. <laughs> uh, SAT. Yeah, SAT jokes, ramen. You know, like, and like, I would just like, Consult- I would be, I'm already. <laughs> that was number one. Yeah. Yo, I'm already two by two. Yeah. I just know, like, I already know what's going on. I already know, like, all these things. But yeah. with, like, with, uh, with white people, and this is, and this, as at work, I find that I'm like a little bit more, uh, I acquiesce to them a little bit more. I'm like, oh, I should, oh, okay. Well, you know, whatever you want to do is fine. Yeah. Part of it is like, they're all usually super tall and I'm always like looking up at them. Um, <laughs> the other day I was hanging out with a bunch of them, and, like a bunch of them, a, 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 a bunch of my, my, one of my very good friends is a, is a white guy. Jay, he's a very good friend of mine. I was hanging out with uh, some of his friends. Some of them I knew, some of them I didn't. And my jokes just didn't work on them I would just mm-hmm. make tons of jokes yeah and just they would just be like <laughs> uh, beer <laughs> you know I'm just yeah. like right, fucking right. bearded giant man like you know like I, I so it's whether it's a frequency thing mm-hmm. wh- whatever it is like I feel like uh, with, with Asian people in general like, I'm already two steps ahead mm-hmm. yeah and with white people I'm either two steps behind not even behind but just like I have to work a lot harder to kind of yeah. like get into yeah, where yeah, they're, yeah, where yeah, they're yeah, going yeah. and 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 <laughs> well, three, three ends. This is gonna be big. God help you if you ever say anything that's a little bit offensive to them. Mm-hmm. Ah! Right. Very like anything. Right. You have to be like really a little bit careful yes. about that shit because they they'll just be like, well, well that's what not do very you mean? Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Nice. This happened to me the other day. I came back from Peru, right? I'm super tan right now. Mm-hmm. I go to work. Everyone's oh my god, you look so you look so tan. Blah blah. blah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm rocking Filipino vibes. <laughs> I said that, which is funny to other Asians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they're like, hmm? <laughs> they like didn't want to laugh. They're like, what's wrong with being Filipino? Yeah. <laughs> huh? Huh? There's a weird, th- like, I think what it is is uh, white people see Asian racism so infrequently that they don't have a frame of reference for how they should respond. Uh. They don't know if it's okay to laugh or not. Whereas, like, they have, there's been enough, like, like black stand-ups or comedy where, like, if a black uh, person yeah. makes fun of a black person, they're like, oh, well, I know, like, sometimes it's okay for me to laugh at that. Sometimes it's not, depending on the context. But, like, I understand what that is. Yeah. Mm. Uh, whereas, like, when an Asian person's like, yeah, well, that person's Korean, so fuck them, or whatever. <laughs> they're like, 
Like Asians love that okay, shit. Okay, already yeah, the funniest yeah, shit. It's already yeah. funny. Already funny. <laughs> Yo, fuck no need to but, explain. But white people are like, I can you can you say <laughs> that? Is that okay? I don't. I know I can't say that. Okay. Uh, but and like I assumed you couldn't say that, but yeah. you just said it, so I don't know. So like yeah, it, so to following up with that, I I was uh, sometimes I'll confuse white guys. Like it just happens all the time to me, and I'm just, like, I'm sorry. There's three six foot dark bearded guys, and they're all like drinking exactly the same beer. And I remember uh, at a party, I, I was like, "Oh, are you uh, Sam mm-hmm. or whatever?" And uh, he's like, "No, dude." I'm like, "Whatever." You know, I can tell he was kind of annoyed about it. And then my friend is like, "Dude, I can't believe that you just did that. That's racist, right?" And I was like, he's like, how would you feel if that happened to you? And I was like, dude, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> how would you feel? That happens to me all the time. They're like, I feel like it's a Tuesday because yeah, that happens exactly. to me all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, going wrong, I feel bad. I guess I should like be able to tell you guys apart. But yeah. like, you know, I'm drunk. You know, like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and yeah, this happens yeah, yeah. to me. I'm talking about like when it matters. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, at yeah. a party. Yeah. My yeah, boss yeah. will come time to <laughs> confuse me. You know, so it's, 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 that's what I mean. I'm now I'm hot. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. And we're back with everyone's favorite segment. It is Race Race News. News. That's Race News. And today we've got um, uh, the news. We've got Andrew Zimmer. Uh, Do you guys know who he is? He's the chef, TV host, restaurateur. He's uh, done a whole bunch of... Uh, weird. Uh, he hosts uh, Bizarre Foods. Bizarre Foods. That show. Uh, yeah. Where he just eats regular food. <laughs> but it's weird for him. So, <laughs> so it's Bizarre Foods. And uh, he what had is to. What is this? He had to issue an apology. I'm um, reading from the, the Eater uh, article. Andrew Zimmern uh, issues apology for appropriation comments. Uh, and what he had done, he, he's starting a. Um, restaurant called uh lucky cricket which Mm -hmm. already a little weird (laughs) (laughs) and uh for uh he says uh his idea was that he was going to introduce quote unquote introduce um uh chinese food for midwesterners Mm -hmm. so his idea is that he was going to open this uh you know lucky cricket chain uh all across america he wanted to have this big thing and uh he said uh i think i'm saving the souls of all people from having to dine at those horse shit restaurants masquerading as chinese food that are in the midwest uh, and uh, he then issued, he had to issue an apology. He said, "I was never my intention to set myself up as an arbiter of quality Chinese or Chinese American food or culture." So, this dude he wanted to have uh, this whole thing, and he was uh, he he was like shitting on Chinese food. And you know, we've talked about Chinese American food, 
mm-hmm. and how it's not really Chinese, quote unquote, but it's authentic in the sense that a uh, it 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 does represent uh, a Chinese American experience, right? You know, Chinese people came over here. They needed, they had to have a way to uh, break through to make money, and one of the ways was to make Chinese American food. Right. right? So that's how you got your, uh, you know, General Tso's chicken. You got all these things, and uh, you know, this formed the basis uh, for the next generation, so that we can now take improv classes. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. what we're now we're here. <laughs> Go snowboarding and take improv classes, exactly. <laughs> as uh, Alec Baldwin said. Mr. Zimmern uh, wants to now uh, introduce Midwesterners to quote unquote authentic. Yeah. Chinese I mean, he, he also referenced, um, so when he got in trouble for this, it's because he said horse shit. And that's the <laughs> problem. Like, I, I think that it's okay for him to <laughs> want to do this. I think it's coming from a good place. It's just white people are just like, they're really bad at like wording things sometimes. <laughs> like, you know, he doesn't have to, what did he fucking say? He said, uh, he wants to save the he souls. He saved the souls from having, for, um, you know, so that Midwesterners don't have to eat horse shit restaurants masquerading as Chinese food. So he's insulting yeah. existing Chinese restaurants owned by Chinese people. Right. He's also insulting the Midwestern people who are eating the Chinese food. Right. Because they don't know what they're doing. So, I mean, that, I think that's what the thing that is annoying a lot of people is that there was, there's real, quote unquote, real Chinese food and a, God forbid if a Chinese person tries to show you real Chinese food. We can yeah, have that happen. Yeah, 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 we can yeah, yeah. have that happen. Mm-hmm. We're going to have this bald, weird-looking dude instead, yeah. a white guy, show you what it is. It's sort of like, I mean, this is what happened with a lot of things. Yoga, for example, right? Yeah. God help you if an Indian guy shows you yoga. Yeah. But if, you know, a fucking... Uh, a Britney. Uh, Britney does mm-hmm. it, and mm-hmm. she and it's, a, it's got a really nice uh, retail package that right. comes with it. Right. right. That's a little different. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah, now yeah. he's trying to do this with that. I mean, from a comfort level, I, I guess, like, it makes sense. It's, you know, it's kind of like if... If I said, hey, I went to this Ethiopian place last night, really, really good. You know that we have similar taste buds. So, like, you can kind of take my, you know, you can take Mm. me seriously. Like, oh, I might check that out. It's pre-approved. So, I mean, I get it from that thing. I just think he could have just been nicer about it, you know? He could have been like, (laughs) as somebody who appreciates Chinese food, you know? Uh, Whatever. It was just his tone of it was so, like. Like, I know what's up. Yeah, it was entitled on, like, several levels. And I think that's what annoyed people aside from like the just douchiness of the assumption of like yeah I'm gonna come in set up these Chinese restaurants that are called like magical Chinese man or what are they called <laughs> <laughs> lucky <MCM>. cricket <laughs> yeah lucky. <laughs> magical Chinese man <laughs> like whatever like, like you know his whole the assumption and entitlement that comes with that is like very annoying but also I'm like yeah like all chefs are like insane megalomaniacs you yes, know what I mean yeah. they like, live in a kitchen where like they say something and everyone says yes chef and they do it so like of course he's gonna be like this big like like strutting peacock like oh yeah, I'm gonna come in and save like Minnesota from like bad Chinese yeah food. right he does also say this he says uh, in response when he got in trouble for that he put P.F. Chang's on blast yeah oh. which was only made it worse that's he like said, the Norm Macdonald <laughs> apology that made it worse he said how does a white guy make a Chinese restaurant in Minneapolis that doesn't feel like it's othering the culture um, and he basically says, like, are you saying P.F. Chang is okay just because it's owned by uh, Cecilia Chang's kid or mm-hmm. something like that because it's owned by a Chinese? Mm. You know, I don't know. P.F. Chang. Yes, I, it I, is, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that. P.F. Chang is fine because they're not out there advertising themselves as, like, a Chinese restaurant, per se. Like, you don't see ads for Chinese P.F. Chang's where, like, a Chinese family is eating. Uh, you know, they don't have, they, don't, they actually don't show any humans eating in P.F. Chang's. <laughs> it's, it's actually not for people. It's, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. It's not food. It's, all, it's just fonts, right? And it's, it's like Chinese fast. bistro. It's very not, not pretentious in a way. It's like, hey, we know what we are. We're very mm-hmm. comfortable. It, this is just like a pretty, it, I like P.F. Chang's. I feel like P.F. You know, Chang's is like basically like Benihana's. It is. Benihana's, same thing. They're not, they're not like, 
they're not out there competing with like real Japanese restaurants, mm-hmm. right? Like Benihana. Nor do like, they pretend like, to be. Right. Benihana. They're competing Pan against Express. like TGI Fridays. Exactly. Exactly. That's what it is. It's like they know who their competition is. But with him, it, it, he was trying to be like the white knight in the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's, just, it's just weird because like an Asian person, and this is kind of touching upon what the stuff we were just mentioning, but like an Asian person, we have to completely abandon Asian being Asian, except for like just the tiniest little bits in order to be accepted, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, the problem with with what he's doing is like he's now making fun of the of what we had to do in order to stay in this country and like survive ah. and going like, well, <laughs> why don't you just be Chinese like I am? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? Yes. He's yes. he's he, he's you know we had to you know our parents had to speak English and do all these things and like mm-hmm. do everything as as American as possible and now somebody's coming and going well you know you're so whitewashed you know what I'm saying yeah. it's like what I mean, dude the, a lot of the reason like the reason why some of those Chinese places are shitty Chinese food it's because they're like well if we make it the authentic way they're not white, gonna eat it they're not gonna eat, gonna eat it so right. I'm gonna dump sugar in the salad exactly yeah. that's what they do <laughs> and it's honestly like it's you know, Delicious. It's, 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 we have to like to help people dis- destigmatize this notion that Chinese restaurants are like cheap and dirty, right? Yeah. It's cheap and dirty because white people made them do that. Yes, because yeah. they didn't have any money. That's the whole point. Yep. And and now we're coming to an interesting point. We're coming into mm. a potential uh, Game of Thrones Asian winter, right? <laughs> Where you know, it, it, we're having a moment right now. Yeah, and people now are more interested in authentic food mm-hmm. more than ever, which is cool. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm really nervous. Yeah, because as a Vietnamese person, for example, people now know about pho and they yeah. know about like bang me bang. Me, <laughs> they like, know yeah. about it. They know about it. Yeah, they're like, oh shit, they know about our secrets. They're starting to say it right. But they too, have like you know? very specific <laughs> yes. opinions about the authenticity of. Yes, pho. so yeah. now they're having that, and then and then oh god, if if any, if if anyone ever like a, if a, like a, a white person or or non Vietnamese person tried to tell me how to eat pho, for example, well, yeah. <laughs> I've been to Vietnam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? That's like a weird. That's a weird thing, and it's a it's a hard thing for Americans to swallow. That there are certain things that come with birth, like birth your birthright, mm-hmm. right? And in America, we're not supposed to have that. We're not. We're everyone is supposed to be able to do anything they want if they mm-hmm. just tried really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there are certain things where because uh, I was born looking like I do, right? I automatically will have more authenticity. Yeah. I've probably eaten, uh, and to be fair, I have eaten more pho probably by the time I was 10 than most people will ever eat in their whole life. You've seen your resume. You know know it is. You know it is, right? Two things. Microsoft Word. Second, I know what pho is supposed to be like. But now, like, people are more interested in it, and, like, now they're, you know, uh, are people going to now, uh, how do you guys feel about, like, people, like, repackaging that food after they've discovered it and then kind of making yeah. you know selling it back it's, to us and being more way more successful because he yeah. wants to have 200 restaurants yeah. Mission yeah. Chinese has three yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there's very I think it's a very dicey thing because for some reason with food appropriation is less critically like torn apart mm. people are less like oh because like there's chefs who study in all different countries and like learn all different styles and the whole thing is like you live in this kitchen and you learn this thing so then yeah. I'm like uh, I'm like a white guy, but I'm like really good at like French food or whatever. And and especially in New York, you have like everyone in, yes. in the kitchen staff is like 
Dominican. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And they are like the best makers of pizza, of authentic Italian pizza <laughs> yes. in the yes. world yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony, Anthony Bourdain would say, would talk, would talk about the best French chef is a Dominican guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> completely. And it's like so. And always with food, it's like about like mixing flavors, and it's yeah. like, oh, this is like Chinese food, but it's also soul food, and like the guy who's making it is Korean, and like for a long time that kind of like food mixing and blending was fine and encouraged Mm. so that's why i'm like i'm also a little like it's weird when politics enters food also yeah Yeah. um and i think it has a place like this this example obviously this guy andrew zimmern is like you're like yeah clearly this guy is an idiot but a lot of the times it's like very fluid and like it's hard to like it's hard to like politicize in like uh, uh, a certain extent i feel like yes yes this brings up your next thing. Who gets to criticize food then? Mm, you know? My mom does. <laughs> <laughs> my mom definitely does. Like, okay, are we allowed to criticize Italian food? You know? Mm, like, good point. I, is it? Yeah, that's if why we I, like lived in Italy and like know what like really well, good Italian food is. Okay, but here's is. the thing is that w- would you be able to have an Asian guy sell Italian food? Well, apparently in like Japan and Korea, <laughs> they have like amazing Italian restaurants. Oh, yeah, yeah. You ever seen Terrace House? They eat pasta all well, the time. Yeah, Japanese people, that's the other thing I was going to mention is like, you know, people make fun of Americans here because they'll make like a Korean burrito shop or mm. whatever, right? In Japan, we have Japanese pasta. So it's pasta, but it's not tomato sauce. We have like salmon roe or like right. tuna and mayonnaise or yeah, with seaweed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's really fucking good. Fuma is jumping up and down furious it's right now. It's so good. But it's like, <laughs> but what? It, how would I react? I wonder how I would react if an, if, an, if an Italian person said, this is offensive. I don't know how I would react to that, you know? Uh, I think those are separate things mm-hmm. because a, a white guy has a lot of credibility like all over the world. Mm-hmm. That's why like you go to China and you can rent a white guy to be the CEO of your company. Do you mm-hmm. know about this? Yes, no, yes, but that yes. makes total sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like there's like a thing where um, in a lot of ways Asian people like it when white people find out about their food because then it's like Ooh. it lends it legitimacy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, now we're now we're what's up? You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And like I could almost imagine a white dude going to Japan and opening up a Japanese restaurant because then it's like American Japanese restaurant yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would a Japanese guy Go to Italy and be able to open an Italian restaurant. Mm, Fuck no. No way. No way. No way. <laughs> I just said it right now and yeah. and and Mario and Luigi just got yeah, just yeah, had yeah. a heart attack. Damn. Are we are we onto something here? It's I, <laughs> I think it's like okay, when I read this, it's like comedy, right? If I want to talk about an experience that's not necessarily my own, like if I have an opinion on like abortion or like misogyny or like just mm-hmm. something that like like you know this whole me too thing which i don't really have anything i'm not a a stakeholder in this scenario but it's all about delivery right it's like Mm -hmm. it's how you say how you do it so Mm. yes i I, i'm okay like if if somebody if a white guy is really into vietnamese food like man i think like pho's really really good i think for the most part a vietnamese person would be like oh thanks man like that's cool that you like my culture yeah i mean anthony bourdain Bourdain did it and he i mean i respected him Mm. for for having there's a non-annoying way to do Mm. this i think it's not difficult i think to your point it is about it's in that it's similar to comedy it's about how you do it and like you can get away with anything if you can get away with it yes so it's like it comes down to the person specifically and their personality which is why this andrew zimmern thing is such he's such like a dong because he's just sort of (laughs) like yeah i'm coming in and saving these people's souls and you're like yeah you're already like shut up dude yeah this is the guy who opens the comedy show with the n-word it's like right. you, haven't, you haven't even warmed us up we don't even like you, you yeah. know? who is this yeah so yeah. I don't know it's tough well I mean, you know what we should do we should probably go ahead and eat there yeah <laughs> that's so good lucky cricket I don't know I mean here's the thing I it's it's <laughs> wow this is this lo mein's really good I'm gonna yeah, right? yeah. Hi, wow this is really good spicy chicken um, where's Andrew Zimmern is he in where's the Andrew? you know what congratulations <laughs> you did save my soul from this horrible <laughs> bullshit 
Yes, yes I will take speech. a picture with you. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the wall. And we're back with uh, another segment. Again, our guest today is Woody Foo from <laughs> Funny or Die. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to. <laughs> that sounds like I work there, which I definitely don't. Well, you have <laughs> stuff featured there, which I would argue is better. Ooh. You you don't want to work for HBO. You want to fucking. That's true. You want HBO, HBO to work for you. you. Yeah, yeah Ooh, bro. Good one. It's actually a compliment. Right. Yeah. Um. So today we're gonna play some games, and uh, you know, as we, as we said in the beginning, Woody is a. Is a comedy video mastermind, right? He goes out, he makes these sketch videos, he makes these funny uh, little short videos on YouTube and stuff like that. He goes yes, viral. You are. Yes, you are. He's everywhere. Uh, so what Mike and I did, we we uh, we have created some TV pitches for him, and we're gonna have Woody TV <laughs> slash movie pitches for him. Are these your log lines? Don't don't. I won't look. I won't. Don't look, look at this. Don't cheat, bro. I'll look only at Mike. Um, <laughs> and we're gonna pitch you. We're gonna pitch your ideas, elevator pitch style, and then you're gonna tell us if you would. Uh, Make, help us make this or like sign us or if you would call security and kick us out of the door. Okay, so I'll, I'll be like Melvin Marr right now. Yes. And uh, so so these are some TV and movie ideas, okay? Here's here's the first one. Okay. This one's called Real Housewives of Mongolia. Okay? <laughs> it's, it's a mock reality show of Genghis Khan's affluent wives in the 1200s highlighting Mongolian people problems. Uh, example <laughs> scenes include the gals getting together, showing off their luxurious yurts. <laughs> Uh, saying stuff like, oh my god, Genghis, what are we going to do with all these falcons? <laughs> um, I would pass on this. No! Oh, oh no! Come Only- on, that falcon demographic. <laughs> I mean, for personally, I think Genghis Khan jokes are hilarious. <laughs> and I could do them all day. But the problem is, historically, he's like history's literally biggest rapist. That's true. Mm, and so you're going to lose a lot of people. That's right. That's um, right. True. Didn't think about that. Uh, <laughs> Every everything else about him, I think, is legitimately hilarious. What if what if he focused more on the pillaging than the raping? You know, play down a the lot of like, off the pillaging. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it would have to be like a Game of Thrones thing where he's like Khal Drogo, like kind of raping Daenerys, but then she falls in love with him, and it's still like kind of not okay. But like, as a viewer, you're like, I guess she was okay with it. Or she was empowered by it. Mm. It's all complicated. See, this is why you're mastermind because you are in touch with the cultural guys. It's like I'm <laughs> yeah. out here making rape jokes, and they're like, "Bro, not the time. <laughs> not, not the time. Not the time." Okay, here we go. Uh, number two. This is called Expendables. Merry fucking Christmas, America. Uh, this is a, a sequel to the Expendables series. Santa Claus gets kidnapped by ISIS, and Christmas is canceled. Triggered by the number of kids crying in the streets of America, including the daughters of uh, Sylvester Stone and Jason Statham, the Expendables crew take on a pro bono mission to rescue Santa from the terrace in the bone-dry deserts of Syria and put him back to work in the North Pole where he manages a chain of sweatshop-style toy factories. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. in, oh, all in. We got a green light. We got a green, green, green light. Is it, is it because of the star power here? I think uh, it's a franchise. I mean, Expendables mm. make it, it still makes money, right? It makes money. Makes oh, money. Yeah, makes money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, money. yeah. Um, it's also like the dynasty of like the actors. You got like their their daughters. Is that what you said? Yeah, are acting in the yeah, film. Yeah, 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 yeah of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Everyone loves seeing like anyone famous's daughter in anything or or son in anything. Um, Santa Claus having a sweatshop checks a very. Very true box. Yep. A true timely. businessman. I like this. Timely. Uh, yeah, I'm all in. I'm all wow. in our expendables. We right. All right, we're going to be rich, bro. All right, we, we, we made it. We made it. <laughs> we made it. Um, okay, I have one more. I might cut this out because this was really weird. Um, this, <laughs> this one's called uh, Pixar Bow Part 2. Okay, have you seen Bow? <laughs> I did see okay. Bow. Made so, my girlfriend cry. Okay, so the mom has another dream about her son as a Bow, living a happy life, marrying a Bow, having butt Bow kids. But this time she wakes up to her real son dressed up like an actual bow because he now sexually identifies as a dumpling. Mm. Join mm. the Chinese family as they tackle themes like the other kin, gender, gender fluidity, and bow porn. 
<laughs> I like this one. Oh! I like this one because I always like things where um, you're exploring the real like identity crisis or pain of something through metaphor. Mm. And so it opens it up and allows other people to understand it. You know what I mean? Because if it's like, oh, this is like about like uh, uh, a, an Asian son and mom and like they don't connect. Yes. And like a lot of people can be like, oh, I understand I that. You know, I'm not a bow, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you get it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who in the theater's like, I'm a bow, bro. I get this. <laughs> All Asian. I saw bow and I was like, yep, okay. I'm, I get this. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're doing a metaphor. I get it. I'm yeah. on board. Plus, you get all this like authentic Asian like I'm folding a dumpling like scene, yeah. mm. um, like my my parents like wisdom filled hands. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, all that yeah, like yeah, Generation yeah. One like yeah. uh, 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 Asian representation on camera. Yeah. Um, but to make it, lensing it through metaphor is like oh yeah, now I understand mm. it in like in a just like primal emotional way as opposed to like I'm not Chinese so this does not resonate with me at all. Mm. Well, we got uh, two out of three. That's pretty good. That's pretty two good. Out of three. That's really good. That's pretty good. Yeah. We just uh, oh, we'll probably man. cast Matt Damon as the bow. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a quick note. Quick, just a quick note, if that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to our second game. Our second uh, game. The next game we call it uh, first name basis. Okay. And uh, Woody is Woody your real name? Woody is not my real name. What is your real name? My real name, my legal name is Meng Sing. Okay. Oh, shit. Which is from my Chinese name, which is Meng Xing, Whoa. which means mm. to awaken from a dream. Like Bao. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, Asian people love dreams. I love Asian it. people do love dreams. I, I love it because uh, I, I also have a, I have, a, I have a middle name, Vietnamese name, and... Uh, when I was growing up, sometimes like we white kids would ask if my name name would mean meant something, mm-hmm. and they would annoy me because I'm like, what does Jason mean something? You know, or Brandon mean something? But then my name does mean something, and yeah. I'm like, fuck, they got me. <laughs> so uh, good to know that. Uh, what was it? It's Meng Sing. Meng Sing. Well, what does it mean translated? It means to awaken from a dream. I'm gonna I'm gonna save you that in my phone. All right. <laughs> please don't. Oh, it's it's, it's awaken from my dream. He's texting me. <laughs> um, it says you up. <laughs> Oh man, that was good. That's why that's why you're going to places. Right? Uh, in this premise, uh, you know, I've always I've always liked your name, Woody. Right? Yeah, yeah. You got a fun Western first name, right? Mm-hmm. And so in this role, you're gonna uh, pretend that you are an Asian parent, and you have to p- pick between two first names, and tell us what you would name uh, your baby mm. and why. You have to choose between two first names. Okay. okay? So uh, the first one, Jesus or Satan. <laughs> Okay, so question Let's just one. imagine your wife decided to pick these names. Mm-hmm. And she the picked them out. Doesn't have a pr- gun perfect. to my head. Got to yeah, pick one. You know, I assume narrowed this it is, down. This is spelled Satan the traditional way, not like an ironic S E I T A. Like uh, Satan. You know what? That's open for discussion. Because mm. mm, everyone has weird names now. You know right? what I mean? It's like totally normal to have like very specific, like unique hashtagable names for yeah. people. Ah, um, because everyone's branding everyone yes. and their children all the yes. time. Uh, let's see. God, those are both bad. <laughs> isn't 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 that a Dragon Ball character? A what? Satan? Is a what? Is a Dragon Ball character? Ah, Satan. Yeah. 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 yeah Could yeah, be yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still, still spell the same way. Is it? I doubt that his elementary school teacher's like, oh, from Dragon Ball, right? <laughs> but you never know. People love Dragon Ball now. <laughs> it's true. I'm waiting. There's gonna be a live action Dragon Ball movie. This is the thing. Like every single thing you grew up with as a kid is gonna be a live action movie at some point. Mm. So just get ready for it. Um, I would guess Satan only because Jesus is like 
been played out, I guess. Mm, it could and be Jesus, you know. Yeah, but that's the other thing is then it's like that toes the line of like, wait, so this Asian kid or half Asian kid is like Jesus? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? You're, that's very humble of you. Very hu- Asian humble. It's well, like Jesus too cocky. Satan, <laughs> he's got Satan. a lot of work to do. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's true. It is very Asian because it's like you have to overcome this thing that you were. Like you don't even As a kid You don't even know What the rules are yet yeah. You just know that You have to overcome it um, okay, That's a good one Yeah So right, you're gonna well, go Satan. with Satan I'm gonna go with Satan That's a good name uh, How about this one um, Old Dirty Bastard Or Busta Rhymes <laughs> <laughs> You know Your partner was a big fan Of 90s hip hop Right Sure You gotta pick one uh, Well okay well, First of all <laughs> Old Dirty Bastard Has many Pseudonyms as well. Oh, good point. He's also oh. Osiris. Oh, he does. Yeah, he's he's like a big baby Jesus. Oh, wow. Name. Dope name. Um, big baby Jesus is a great name. Yeah, big baby Jesus is a great name. So I feel like there's more flexibility with that one. Mm. Buster Rhymes is like Busta Bust. Busta Bust. Mm. <laughs> but also, I think ODB is a way more tragic figure than yeah, Buster Rhymes. He is, yeah. Um. A, yeah. And the thing is, like. My kid is going to ha- If they have one of these names Presumably is going to have to like At some point have a relationship With either ODB or Buster Like figure out like, yes. like Look into them Research right. them Like my what roots. are they about Why Yeah, yeah my where, roots where, where, where are my roots Yeah <laughs> My roots yeah. Yeah. Means great awakening Yeah yeah. They'll listen to like uh, uh, shim- Like the shim- uh, Oh the Brooklyn Zoo album Yeah 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 And be like Wait what's it called Return to the 36 Chambers Yes uh, And be like Oh this is This is my, my roots Yeah um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would say Busta because yeah. ODB is just too dirty. Yeah, ODB just is too dirty. Really he's got dirty. the dirty word he's, in it. Yeah, he's got. He's a. He's a very tragic figure. That was. That was good. That was good. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you got one. I got one more. Um, yeah, I got one. Donald or Vladimir? <laughs> <laughs> Donald. Donald. QFBI. Donald. <laughs> 100% Donald. That was a good one. Uh, yeah, because it's a more American name. <laughs> okay, yeah. Nothing wrong with being American. Well, That's it's so also like, true. unless I was married to like a Russian woman, I'm, I'd be like totally... Not, I'm like, what right do I have named my kid Vladimir? Mm. You know what I mean? Vladimir's a cool name. Vlad? I always liked Vladimir and Dimitri. I thought they were really cool names. Those are good names. They're very Russian cool name. names. Yeah. But it's like, that's like the... I'm like, is it appropriate? appropriative if I like name my kid... Like uh, Jabari, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, Jabari. You know, like a, 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 a name where you're like, that has definitely like connotations of it, and this kid is mm. not that thing. Yeah, you named your kid Black Panther. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was that was That's good. good. That was a fun game. You have pl- any plans for um, have kids, having kids soon? Oh, dude. I don't know. Do you? Do you? I don't. I don't. Some people. I mean, you know, you're a little older than me. It's okay if you do. Uh, nothing. Not immediately. No. Yeah. Yeah. But someday, a little Donald L- Foo. Little Donald. Donald. <laughs> Donald Vladimir. Busta Bust. Busta Bust. I hope he talks like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, that was episode 43. We hope you enjoyed it. Again, our guest was Woody Foo. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, quick shout out to uh, our partners, Listening Party, and the creators of. Uh, Family FM. Follow the crew on Instagram at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market. And uh, you can also follow us, Asian Not Asian, on the Instagram. Uh, you can find us at Asian Not Asian Pod. And uh, you can also find me, Fumi Abe, at Fumi, oh, that Fumi Abe. That's T H E F U M I A B E. And you can find me on uh, the social media. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> 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 uh, at, uh, on Instagram at uh, Nice Pants Bro. And Woody, you got anything you'd like to plug? Social uh, media, shows coming out, any projects, anything like that? I have an Instagram handle, at okay. Woody Foo. Uh, 
and my website woodyfoo.com uh, that's basically I don't have like I, I don't do anything when's your next um, Asian gracefully show coming up um, I'm probably not gonna do it for a while honestly okay. Okay, um, okay. because I'm focusing more on writing like stuff for stage and like long form stuff right now okay okay well everybody follow Woody on the gram and uh, again uh, shout out to our Patreon supporters please uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about please go to patreon.com slash Asian not Asian pod and help us out we got a lot of cool stuff happening and uh, another thing to plug Hack City our monthly comedy show the mm. next one is December 19th mm. it is our third year anniversary show so we've got, I, I don't want to say who's on the show. It's a secret. It's it's a secret, but it's a big it's deal. It's fucking awesome. It's Whoa. gonna be an awesome lineup. Everybody's is it been person on, Asian? Can you tell that? Can you is say it what? That? Is it person Asian? Can you say that? So we got some Asians. Yeah. Is the Asian? Is the Asian Ooh, the one that's allowed to be famous right now? Wow. <laughs> so please, if you live in New York City, come on out. Uh, again, it's December nineteenth, eight o'clock at Black Cat Les. The address is one seventy two, Rivington, uh, Street. Uh, it's in the Lower East Side So come check us out It's always a free show Get there early Because the uh, seats will fill up real quick And I think that's it right Is that uh, it Did you wait Did you do the chow thing you No did? Uh, that, The chow thing Yeah uh, So Mike and I We are hosting Or moderating an event At the Museum of Food and Arts Food and Drink Food and Drink In Williamsburg, in Williamsburg. On December What is it December 21st First. Uh for this event called Chow Times Judaism, which is an event uh, celebrating the tradition of Jewish people eating Chinese food on Christmas Day. So we'll be there <laughs> doing some podcast stuff, doing some banter on the, you know, the, the union between Chinese and Jewish people. And uh, we can do that because we are Jewish and Chinese. So we have the credits to, to speak this uh, way. Yes, Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov Good and Shay Shay. <laughs> that was racist. <laughs> <laughs> I said it in the most white way possible. Shay Shay. Ni hao. I was like, what are you saying? Oh, Shay Shay. It's how the white people say it. Right, right, right. I hear it now. So, yeah, that's our show. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, come back next week. Tune in for more Asian Not Asian. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.